Welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidates interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm interviewer Brooke Soltwet, and I would like to introduce Ollie Muldrow, running for the Madison Metropolitan School Board, seat four. As we begin, I'd like to give you an I'd like you to give an opening statement as to your educational, vocational, and civic experience you have, which qualifies you to run for this office and why you are running for Madison Metropolitan School Board. Absolutely. So I want to start out by saying uh, thank you to the League of Women Voters for uh, informing, you know, informing voters. I think it's really important that people know uh, the candidates that they're voting for and have the opportunity to have a full understanding of what that person brings to the table. I've been working in education since I was 19 years old. I was born and raised in Madison. I went to school here, so I went to elementary at Emerson Elementary. I went to middle school at Sherman. I went, I graduated from East High School, go poor Golders. Um, I started working in education and after school. I've had, you know, uh, a series of really interesting and important roles within education, which include things like being the janitor and the security guard and the after school uh, liaison between the university and, and young people who are studying poetry. I am currently the co-executive director of the Gay Straight Alliance for Safe Schools of Wisconsin. And so I've gotten to see us pass non-discrimination policy in over 200 districts. I have worked to uh, cultivate an agency that provides people with health care and benefits and vacation time and sick time. I am, you know, a very active community member and have organized the Black Girls or Magic Collective of Madison. But I have invested you know, the last 12 years of my life and the leadership of this community, and I'm asking our community to invest in my leadership now. Thank you. The achievement gap between white students and students of color is a chronic problem that MMSD has struggled with for a long time. What of the superintendent's priorities for narrowing the gap do you support, and what do you believe should be the board priorities? Yeah, so I, I think that one of the things that the school district has tried to do is embrace uh, practices around discipline that move us away from exclusionary practices, move us away from things like restraint and seclusion, move us away from things like expulsion and suspension. And for that, I am really grateful. I think those are really good steps in the right direction. Uh, I started working in education very specifically to enhance and expand opportunities to young people of color, to LGBTQ youth, to youth with disabilities. And I think one of the things that we need to focus on as a school district and as a board is what are the models uh, that produce the best outcomes for all students. And so one of the things I'd really like to prioritize while on the board is art education every day. We create the achievement gap in elementary school and we address it in secondary education, primarily in high school. And one of the things that would allow us to be more effective in addressing the achievement gap would be to not create it in the first place. Um, and that means enhancing opportunities. And so Arts Every Day is a way to make arts education a part of core curriculum, to stop thinking of arts as specials, um, to give students the opportunity to dance and move around and play piano and come into contact with instruments throughout their education, to sing at school, to be creative at school. And when you're a little kid, your creative thinking is your critical thinking. Um, I think that studies have shown time and time again that young people who have robust opportunities to participate in theater, to participate in music, to participate in art, 
uh, have better attendance, have better behavior, schools are less violent, and young people are happy at school. And I think our schools should be places where children fall in love with learning. A personalized pathways program is being implemented and promoted in the MMSD as one way to open educational opportunities for students of color and help to close the achievement gap. What do you see as the strengths and weaknesses of the program as it's currently structured? So one of the things I really like about Personalized Pathways is it is embedded within it is this idea that we're going to follow the lead of the student, that we're going to look to what a student is really excited about and really interested in, and we're going to use that as a means to uh, navigate that young person's experience at school. My primary criticism of the Personalized Pathways is that we are generating the pathways, that there isn't enough student input in what the next pathways are going to be, um, that students are not at the table making the decisions about what's most relevant to their education and their future. Um, and we're kind of rolling these things out and then hoping students are really excited about them. And I think that there is a missed opportunity in terms of allowing young people to define learning for themselves and have real influence in terms of the kind of education we're providing. The top grossing, grossing jobs in 2008 did not exist in 2002. It is very hard to say we're preparing our children for the jobs of tomorrow if we don't know what those jobs are going to be. And so instead of saying, uh, treating learning as if it's a destination, you're going to learn until you get to this one place and then you stop, we have to prepare our students to be lifelong learners, which means our students have to be confident in learning, have to enjoy learning, and have to determine their learning for themselves. Thank you. Staff use of racial slurs has recently emerged as a significant personnel issue in the Madison schools. How should this issue be uh, addressed throughout the district? I think that we have an opportunity right now to educate ourselves to the greatest possible extent and to be at the forefront of inclusion. And I think that there is a need to, to say uh, as a unified community that we are not going to support uh, any young person feeling harassed or belittled or ashamed of their identity at school. Um, and so I think these instances are things that we need to take very seriously. I think that we, we need to, uh, you know, really grapple with kind of the historical relevance of terminology that has been used towards students at school. Uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity for education, for real conversations, for, you know, taking, taking the time to get to know one another. And, you know, I think it's a really reasonable thing for families and community members to be deeply concerned. I think what the school district has done in response to those issues is take them really seriously and, and respond really rapidly. But I think that that is kind of the bubbling to the surface of, of racial tensions that exist within our community. And the truth is, for a very long time, our community has been the best place for some people to raise children and the worst place for other people to raise children. And part of my candidacy is addressing that disparity, is building up our shared capacity to treat one another well. Thanks. School safety is a hot-button issue across the country. How do you look at the issue of school safety, and what's the school board's role in addressing it? Yeah, I mean, you 
You have to provide a, a community and an environment within learning that is safe for all students. And I prioritize student safety every day within my work. I am the co-director of the Gay Straight Alliance for Safe Schools. Um, and so we look at harassment and bullying at schools. We look at, uh, you know, environmental issues in schools. We look at how accessible a school is for a student with a disability. Um, and, and we do that through a lens of equity. And I think making our schools safer is about creating a, a school climate in which young people are happy and supported effectively. It means, you know, making sure our schools are staffed well and our classes are, are reasonable sizes. It means making sure that there are support staff available to students. It means making sure that young people have the ability to navigate their mental health with professionals um, and making sure that we're employing counselors. I, you know, worked in the school district as a security guard. Um, I had a series of advanced trainings around de-escalation and mediation that have really benefited me in terms of navigating conflict, but also in terms of understanding the, you know, developmentally appropriate ways in which kids express themselves or struggle to express themselves. And I bring all of that to the school board. Thank you. What do you identify as the biggest budget issues for the school district in 2019 and going forward? And how do you propose the, the school board address them? Yeah, I think that this is a really important question because the school board has a fiduciary responsibility to our community. And so I think looking at you know where we are as a state is really relevant to the work of a school board because for the last for nearly a decade now, we've really struggled, struggled as a state to fully fund education. And for the first time, <clears throat> I'm sorry, um, for the first time in a long time, we have a, a governor who is really supportive of public education. I think it is our, our job as school board members to prioritize, you know, spending efficiently, to examine the areas in which we are spending a lot of money and not seeing benefits to our students. I think one of the things I'm really interested in is what our school district would be like with less testing um, and more art and more time outside and what it would look like to regain that instruction time to the benefit of young people and teachers and to have more autonomy in the classroom and to invest in more sound ways in our educators. The other thing I'm really interested in examining pretty closely is our approach to professional development. Because um, right now we have kind of a one-size-fits-all. Everybody sits in the same auditorium. Um, and I'm, I'm interested in how we can get greater results for educators by providing the opportunity to have educational opportunities that are specific to the educators themselves. Thank you. How do you envision keeping up with multiple constituencies, including students, parents, teachers, administrators, and the taxpayers who are not part of these other groups, but to whom you must answer? Yeah, I think part of the role of being in public service is service. I think it's being available to people. I think it's being responsive to people. I think it's being transparent about what's going on in your life. Um, and so as a school board member, I plan to fully utilize, you know, social media and my phone and my email. Um, I plan to attend school board meetings and be available to the public in, in those spaces, both before and after those meetings. Um, I plan to interact with people within the community because that's what I've been doing my entire life. I'm from here, I live here, and I am a person who is excited to have people talk to me about education while running into me at a restaurant or at a library. Um, and 
you know, my, my kids get to learn about education through the lens of all kinds of people who are having different experiences. And I think one of the things that makes me different than a lot of school board members is that I can say, um, you know, I don't plan to speak for everybody. I really plan to listen to everybody and I really plan to, uh, open the door for people to feel comfortable coming to school board meetings and advocating for themselves. Um, but I think I want to have a, an expansive relationship with our community, and that's one of the reasons I'm running on a platform that is united for our schools, is our community shows up over and over again to invest in our schools. And I think it's one thing to leverage that investment for a referendum, but it's another thing to use that investment to inform the policy decisions we're making as a district. Well, what would you like to say to the viewing audience as we complete this interview? I would like to say that I believe firmly the way we treat one another as children defines who we are as a community. And I think that we have the opportunity right now uh, to do things that we have never done, to be at the forefront of, of inclusion, to make sure that every young person knows they have the right to an education, to support our teachers, to celebrate learning. Um, I think we have the ability to challenge ourselves to do things that make our schools vibrant and thrilling for all young people. And I think that's a really exciting opportunity, and I think that's part of the reason I'm asking you to vote for me is so that we can pursue that opportunity together. I want to thank Ali Muldrow. Thank you so much. For speaking with us and the viewing audience for taking the time to know your candidates. As with every election, please vote. On behalf of Madison City Channel and the League of Women Voters of Dane County, I thank you for joining us. Hey, hey, hey.